Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Manchester Football Social, EFL and Billow Show, with Football Mank Cave. Another week of footballing action in Greater Manchester, which means another podcast from us here at the Manchester Football Social. This is the EFL and Below Show, your weekly fix of all the footballing action in Greater Manchester that doesn't come from Manchester City or Manchester United. We are the EFL and Below Show. We're going to be talking transfer deadline day and all of the deals for our local clubs. Rochdale, Berry, even Salford City added in the transfer market. We're also going to be talking about this ongoing debacle around the Oldham athletic manager we spoke last week about it perhaps being Paul Scholes still no further news from Boundary Park who's going to take up the hot seat there and of course what about the National League North and the FA Trophy it's all starting to heat up and right here on the EFL and Below show you've got me Nar McCorm for company for the next well let's say 40 minutes or so and also joined by Ian Foran from the Football Mank Cave I'm hoping that this week has been a lot more promising and better for you than last week was Ian no it's not. <laughs> I didn't think it could get any worse. Thursdays seem to be my day um, for everything to go wrong, basically. Um, so last week it was your car, the clutch yes. went. What's yeah. happened now? Well, I was doing a job. I was uh, taking some rowers down to Nottingham by a stoke. I had to do two drop-offs. Anyway, I picked the car up from a Van Ayer place. And um, the guy said to me, handed over the keys. Yep, full tank, mate, but... Um, the fuel gauge is a bit dodgy, it only, only shows quarter of a tank, but we've put a full one in for you. So I was like, right, no worries, are you sure? I said, how do you know when it's empty? He went, oh, I, I don't really know. So I was like, well, I've got a full tank, not going to back, half a tank tops, I'll be sweet. Anyway, I've <laughs> drove down. <laughs> On the way back up from Nottingham, I'm, um, I can see his fuel gauge just starting to just, just dive bomb down towards like empty. And I'm thinking, well, he said there's a full tank in it, so it'll be all right. Going through Chesterfield little bit of a judder going on I thought oh, what do I do <laughs> oh, here dear. now goes a little bit further along anyway it's a one way street like you know where you got a bit of an island in the middle one way street car what a van Lincoln van cuts completely out blocking the road oh no right. what is it with you and breaking uh, traffic up just oh, blocking roads so luckily there's a Morrison's about 100 yards down the road anyway I've had I've had pretty bad sciatica this week yeah, I know, so, you're limping around the studio yeah. like anybody's oh, business. It's, it's, it's still is, look at yeah, it. I know, he's, he's up and down out of his chair all over the place. One hop after another. I'm feeling my age, definitely. So what, so what happened then? You blocked the road. How did blocked you get out of Nottingham? So I've gone down, got, the, got myself a petrol tank. As I've bent down to put in like the, the diesel, my shorts have split right <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, this is great. Oh, so, And I've hobbled back, put some in, but then there's a massive tailgate of about... <laughs> 
half a mile long and everyone going mental like beeping and stuff. Put it in, luckily started it up like about third time, gets in, puts petrol in, gets back to Manchester and the bloody petrol went again as I pulled up. So I just left it with the owner. I was like, yeah, mate, you're sure a problem, I'm off. <laughs> so you've got dodgy sciatica, you've got uh, a new flywheel, petrol gauge is gone, stuck in Nottingham. Yeah. It's not been a good Thursday for you. I'm hoping Aaron Benson, who's also here joining us for the EFL and Below show uh, from the Football Man Cave, that you've had a better week. Well, nothing I can say can be worse than what he's <laughs> just told me. I feel like I've been doing a disservice to him. I feel no, like there's every been week- no, no births, no deaths, no marriages, oh, as my mum says. That's good. Well, I feel like We've every- all been all right. I feel like every week we come into this studio something bad happens and it's just getting topped every week <laughs> i need to buy new shorts which Listen, i'm fuming with we've gone from biscuits talking about biscuits <laughs> to now talking about whether you're going to make it to next week i know i know they just can't wait till benedol <laughs> oh he's, he's getting away what he's he doesn't know is that his um his little problem this afternoon just made the local news i know wherever you were yeah big tailgates yeah any traffic in Nottingham public you know enemy fault. number one Ian Foran <laughs> so tonight we're going to be talking about the transfer deals that are over the line on deadline day Berry have brought some players in Rochdale have been busy and even Salford City have made some acquisitions as well Oldham Athletic well what's going on there with the manager's situation Pete Wilde currently in there in the interim but what about Paul Scholes we spoke about him at length on the last podcast he's nowhere to be seen at the moment and Stockport doing really well still in the National League North Altrincham as well making headlines with that great Great new incentive of that LGBT strip that they're going to be wearing on the 16th of February for that game. Brilliant course from them. And of course, the FA Trophy. How can we leave that out? We're also going to play a little game in there as well, just because it is transfer deadline week. Um, so I'm going to play a little game with you guys and see uh, if you can get the better of Aaron this week. Ian, yes. he's, he's been doing like practice papers all week, haven't you? Mate, <laughs> Football it's quizzes it's on the internet. You didn't like that last week, did you? <laughs> I hated it. I went home to the wife and complained like hell. I can't believe I got beat. She knows how much I hate losing. I hate losing, even against my daughter. I hate losing as well. <laughs> I hate losing. Terrible. Real bad loser, me. Um, what about Berry? Will they be feeling like sore losers, Aaron? You're our sort of resident Berry guy. You know everything that's going on over at Gig Lane. Chance for deadline day. A lad brought in from Rangers. Um, they're obviously looking to strengthen. They're looking to get automatic promotion. What do you know about the dealings that happened over there with Ryan Lowe? Well, there's been a new signing coming called Jordan Rosita. I do apologise if I've pronounced his name wrong. And he is... Uh, there isn't a signing from uh, from Rangers that Stephen Gerrard was asked about it a couple of days ago and he said it was 99% done and it's uh, it's come through the line today. It says a lot about, in my opinion, where Berry are. They're attracting a uh, good calibre of player from a huge club like Rangers and um, shows the going places. The fact you know that they can get a guy from, um, well, not the biggest name on probably on Rangers books, but the fact that you can get someone in from a... Uh, club north of the border show something they played Rangers in a pre-season friendly last uh, July I think it was they didn't they were battered yeah. they were battered that right. night but uh, it feels like you know there's a bit of a deal going on yeah I think maybe the fact the two scousers yeah. Stevie well, G and Ryan Lowe seem probably have a bit of a friendship uh, there Stevie G and Lowe I think of uh, yeah they've struck up a bit of a friendship <laughs> sounds like a 90s rap group Stevie no, G Lowe one as well <laughs> yeah. Stevie G Lowe and um, their old dad Jurgen Klopp they've got a bit of a Bit of a bong going on, I think. Well, he's, a, he's an ex-Liverpool player as well, isn't he? Yeah, Jordan Rossiter, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, that Liverpool connection's uh, and all, strong. Do, do you think there was any other areas that Berry immediately needed to strengthen? Obviously, they've brought in at right-back or at full-back. I think he can play both sides, Rossiter. 
but Berry seems to have a decent squad, a decent core group of players. Is there a danger if you go into the January market and bring players in that you can somehow disrupt the squad? I know you're trying to make it better, but if you bring in someone from the outside into a group that's doing really well at the moment, there is a danger of that. Yeah, I feel like the January window is a bit different for the summer. January could almost be a bit of a panic buy. Yeah. Or more of a, and you never see signings in January go great. A lot of the time, they're a bit of a damp squid, aren't they? Summer transfer window, you're rebuilding your squad. You're, you know, you're making a real effort for a promotion push or a title push in the summer. But when you're January, it's almost if you've got a couple of injuries, you're short in a position. Or maybe having, you know, gone from August to to December and you know looking at where the weaknesses and other teams working out where your weaknesses are and um, I think that's generally what Berry have done bringing in uh, the guy from Blackburn Scott Wharton I do believe um, and obviously Rosita coming in and just making some uh, strengthening to the team it was interesting to see the game against Lincoln on Saturday and there was they did look a bit dodgy at the back at times definitely uh, I wrote a piece for uh, the website about the uh, the weaknesses of Barry, obviously looking at the strengths with low and obviously playing your attacking football, the brand he likes to play, it can leave you a bit short at the back. You do put so much into what, you know, going forward and players get forward the way Barry play with the two wing backs and it can leave you a bit short. Maybe just sometimes it could be now just to keep players, you know, on the toes. Yeah. If you have two or three, you know, strong in a couple of positions, you get a little battle going on. One guy goes in, does well one week. Then another, what then they say, Callum McFadden plays well one week, and then say, Watson comes in or Rosita comes in in any of their positions, and uh, you know it just builds up a bit of a bit of a duel for positioning, and increases the competitiveness, and where Berry are obviously uh, in third, they're they're in and around, they're in a great position to go up, but you know they're only you know three points clear of MK Dons who were in um, mm. who were in sixth. That, I know that was a bit of a long-winded answer, but uh, no, no. But I think I think there we go. <laughs> I think you've got a point there as well, mate. Because to be honest with you, it is it is a time where if you're looking upwards, you do want to sort of make sure, Ian, don't you, that you are going to go up. And I know there's yeah. no guarantees in football, but if you're an owner there and you're thinking, right, we've got a chance to get back up to to League One, and there's a chance to sign a player that might make the difference you're probably more likely to take that risk. You know, it's, it, the chances of them upsetting the group are probably relatively small, but there is a slight risk there. But I think if you're, a, if you're an owner or a chairman, you're going, listen, we want promotion more than anything. We may as well just go for it and sign the player. And why not? Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, you sort of bring a calibre of a ex-Liverpool and obviously Rangers player in. It just ups everybody. It'll give them a massive lift. Yeah. And like I say, that competition for places, everybody looks like they want to play like I want to be a massive part of Barry this year, then bringing in some quality is only gonna it's only gonna aid them. I'd say it's, it's it's the same for any team. And obviously, if you if you if you're in good spirits and you, you're doing well, then you want players that are gonna lift you up a little bit more and keep that run going because they are unbeaten as well this year. So exactly, yeah. And and on the same sort of topic as I see you wince in pain there I hope you're alright mate honestly <laughs> this might be a bit of a slog to get through this show I you know? just need the just that you, ambulance outside you're on the pain he's swaying yeah, from the, left to right the, the numbing gels the, the side of the pitch you know when they like they bring the, the stretcher they go to the side and then they say are we coming on are we coming on and then they come on and but then they go off 30 seconds later Here we, we just go. need a couple of them outside yeah. the studio I think I'll tell you what there we go towels in he's had enough <laughs> uh, anyway on the flip uh, side of things we've sp- spoken about Berry, who are targeting promotion Rochdale might be looking over their shoulders yeah and in the January window you're looking to sign players that can in Rochdale's case 
get you on a run and keep you afloat, keep your head above water and stay away from that relegation zone. In the last couple of days, they've signed Joe Bunny. They've also signed uh, Raquel Pike, who's on loan uh, from Huddersfield to the end of the season. It's a good chance for some of these Premier League sides to send their young players to a side like Rochdale because it's not going to be all pretty fancy football, is it? No, it's going to be a, it's going to be a scrap. So it's a good way for those players to learn as well. I think as well. I think Rochdale done done well. They've brought defenders and attackers in, and I think those are the two main areas. They need to have relied so much on Henderson this season. I think without Henderson's goal goals, I can't off the top of my head what he's what he scored, but it's they'd be probably a hell of a lot dead bottom, wouldn't they? Really. Um, defensive wise obviously shipping all them goals like 17 in 4 matches or something yeah um, yeah. so getting some Premier League youngsters in why not do you know what I mean if the, the only way at the minute because obviously they're in that bottom 4 is up um, which real tight at the bottom as well do you know what I mean I think it's about 4 teams on 31 points or yeah, 3 I- points so yeah a couple of X. Ex- um, couple of youngsters in. Yeah, well, Raquel Pike, like I said, is on loan till the end of the season from Huddersfield. He, he's 21 years old. He's been at Huddersfield pretty much his whole footballing career, but he has been on loan uh, for the first part of the season at Wrexham. And we know how well they're doing in the National League. Yeah. So how much of a difference will that be, do you think, going from a side challenging for promotion to then a side struggling to keep their head above water? It's going to test his metal, isn't it, really? It's going to, probably for Huddersfield, it'd be good to see how we react in two completely different situations. But obviously, you've got, you got like League One and, and National League, so it's two different standards of football as well. But he'll be wanting to prove himself. For him, For him, it's a step up as well. It's a step up in class. So he's only 21. He won't be getting into Huddersfield team. Why not? One of the positives, I think, if you're a player signing in January, you know the script, don't you, of what it's going to be to the end of the season. Sometimes maybe in the summer you can get false promises, you have false dawns of how good they're going to be. But if you're signing for a team like Rochdale, where they are, you know they're going to be in a bit of a scrap. And if you're not the type of player who's willing, you know, to roll your sleeves up and uh, get down to business, put in a few hard tackles, you know it's not going to be easy. It's not going to uh, be a walk in the park and... It's the same if you're somewhere like Berry or any other club for that matter, really. No matter where you are, you know what you know what the script is when you sign. If you're a defender, you know you're going to be under a lot of pressure. You're going to have to make a lot of tackles. You're going to have to be getting in because you know most of the the ball's going to be down your end. If you know if you're a mm. one of the players signing for Rochdale, so I think one of the useful things of January is you definitely know what type of player you're going to get. Obviously, having seen them from August to, um, well, the first half of the season for that matter. And then coming in, you do know, uh, they know what the script is, you know what the script is. And uh, I'm sometimes surprised that not all January signings work. They're a bit of a a funny one, aren't they? 50-50. Sure. And I I see what you're saying there. As well as Joe Bunny, who's also gone back to Rochdale on loan from Northampton till the end of the season. Northampton is 17th in League 2, Ian. Rochdale are in a similar position in League 1. How much of a difference does sort of player harmony make there? Because it seems odd that uh, a team struggling somewhat in League Two would then loan a player to a to a higher division club. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It seems a bit strange. A bit, yeah. But I guess if the player feels comfortable there, there's no substitute for that, is there? A player feeling at home. We've seen it with Ryan Lowe at Berry. That's his club. That's where he feels comfortable. It seems to be that players are in the same mold, if if you like. Yeah. If you if you if you're comfortable at a place and you feel happy. Obviously, footballers want to be happy, and when they're happy, they're playing better. So, if it's a win-win for, for obviously, the player and Rochdale, then hopefully it should benefit them. Obviously, Northampton are losing a player, but mm. it's um, it, you don't want an unhappy player there. 
potentially sort of demoralising the squad. When you're in a position like Rochdale, obviously bringing in Bunny, you want uh, you want people who love the club, don't you? Have it in the heart. He won't want to see Rochdale go down to League Two. He'll want them to do well. And when you have that emotional connection, as Ian said, when players are happy, the uh, they always play better. That uh, that applies in so many situations. Whether you're down at the bottom, you're down at the top. You just want people who are gonna you know give that extra ten percent because yeah. you don't know how many points it's gonna accumulate to the end of the season if he's fighting for his life for his club that's obviously going to be a bit better there's a bit of a thing in football sort of foreign imports coming in yeah. or who aren't connected to the club and perhaps they don't have that same kind of you know there isn't that emotional connection obviously having not grown up in an area they don't have something for the club there's no mm. attachment maybe you're sometimes not saying they don't put any effort in but you don't have maybe have that same bond but sure. I think if you've got the bond, the the player's got the the connection with the club, I think you're on to a winner there, at least trying, making an effort to get some more points on the board. Well, he signed for Dale in 2013. He left last January to join Northampton. The first half of this season, he's been on loan at Blackpool, again in League One, and now he's gone back to Rochdale in League One. This is a League Two side that are struggling Northampton Town. In, in League 2, 17th. I'm not saying that they're pulling trees up. I'm not saying that they're going to go down. What I'm saying is, is it seems strange to have a player who's good enough for League 1 in the eyes of Blackpool and good enough for League 1 in the eyes of Rochdale, but yet Northampton won't use him. Yeah, definitely. That that could be like an off-the-pitch issue rather than on-the-pitch It might just like North. Like Rochdale and Blackpool off North Cups, aren't It they, might so? like rock and uh, pies and yeah. all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah I like pies and I'm a son. <laughs> Just might like being up north. He might like the cheap pies at Rochdale. He might be going for a cheap pie at Rochdale. Yeah, there you go. That's what it is. That's what swung him. £2.50. Perhaps the the fans at Northampton weren't showing him the love. So Bunny is back for Rochdale. What about Salford City? They've made a signing or two on deadline day. Amin Linganzi, who's had a bit of a break from the game, um, but he's a holding midfield player. They've had Gus Mafuta recently come back from injury, Salford, one of their central midfield players. He's been out for a while and he's just looked a little bit rusty. Linganzi brings that experience of he's played for Blackburn, he's played in French Ligue 1 with Saint-Étienne. He got promotion with Portsmouth from League 2 a couple of seasons ago. He's 29 now. He said for him it's important to make the right decision. Salford are a club on the up, aren't they, Ian? So, yeah. I mean, to, to, to make that decision, especially with David Beckham going in there recently, seems a bit of a no-brainer for someone who's been out of the game for a while, has got experience in the league, knows how to win, is a team player, seems to tick all the boxes for Salford. Definitely. From from Salford's signings this year, it seems they're very much getting themselves set up for League 2. And I think it's not like, right, we're going up, obviously, that they've been used to promotion after promotion, but... They seem to be very much setting themselves up for League Two. So when they go into League Two, they've got a squad of players there of experience at that, at that level, and they should just seamlessly sort of jump in instead of like waiting till summer and then just going bang, bang, bang. Let's just buy a load of players. They're doing it quite clever, I think. Well, he's a former international footballer, so he's got he's definitely got pedigree. And actually, you think a club like Salford, that's a, a decent signing for them to capture someone like Linganzi in January, who, who as, I, as I say, has got experience. Yeah, some people can be a bit critical of sort of Salford at non-league, the finance. They've got a huge financial advantage, we all know that. But in terms of their long-term planning, you won't find many better teams in the English no. league, won't you, than long-term planning. The signing players, as you said, you know, for two, three years to come and what we discussed on the previous podcast, which, of course, you can listen to. Just love it, love it. Plug it away, good man. Uh, just love getting that. players, obviously, with international pedigree, and it's a club you want to go to, owned by the class of 92, you know. 
David Beckham's just joined. They're a club which are probably in the future going to be League One Championship. They're not going to go to League Two and say, we're satisfied now. This is where we want to be. We want to no. be going Championship, uh, League One Championship, maybe even to the Premier League. So they've got huge, huge expectations and for where they want to go. He's over 29 as well. So you've still got a good three, four years out of him. Yeah, you want to sign. You've got to know you want to sign players Salford. Interesting to see what their age, obviously 29, but they're probably looking maybe 24, 25, 26, won't they? To keep players on for years. Well, here's a debate then. We can literally talk about this because in the Premier League, which we don't like to talk about on this show, as we've said. No, 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 no. For whatever reason, as soon as as soon as players turn 30 in the Premier League. They're over the hill, they're, they're wasted, their legs are gone, they're useless. I have seen countless players in their mid-30s down in League One, League Two and the National League still be absolutely mustered for their clubs well into their 30s. As a Portsmouth fan, I'm thinking of Michael Doyle, who's now, I think, 36, 37, may even be 38 now. Peter Crouch is 38, he's just gone to Burnley, for goodness sake, so... I just think age is a number when it comes to football. Obviously, when they get to that late 30s, they are reaching the twilight, definitely. But just because a player's approaching 30, people seem to go, oh, I wonder how many years he's got left. Oh, I wonder if he'll be any good. His legs are going to go. I think in the National League and League Two and that sort of level, it doesn't really matter as much. Plus, as well, they've got that experience that obviously they're not going to do what they did five years earlier, but they know how to play the game and they bring that that level up, like, like you say, whatever play even I say Lingazi comes in people know what he's done and it just gives an extra boost to that squad and obviously brings the experience that he knows what to do how to win like it's a, a win-win yeah exactly he's, he's 29 years old I mean you think think back to Rochdale let's speak about them again Ian Henderson 34 he's one of their best players he's one of the first names you think of when you think of Rochdale he scored bags of goals Jamie Curiton is another one who was playing in the league till he Ryan was nearly, Lowe, he was playing, nearly 40 he was playing right till the end wanted Ryan so, Lowe so there's this myth isn't there Aaron I suppose is what I'm getting at that just because they're in their mid-30s doesn't mean they can't do a job no I think almost in the lower leagues the EFL teams you do probably want a bit of an older head don't you You've got to have an even older say head. if you just one nil down they just give that something extra that say 25 26 year old might not give this just that you know come on lads let's yeah. keep going just to, to, oh, they don't to have rally to the close tri- the game out yeah they just know what to, to do they know they know how to play it don't they you know the passing you know probably the ball retention's better sure. than say 22 23 year old who'll uh, who'll want to keep it and want to game um, management as well if you're one nil up in the 90th minute You've got a player who's got game management. He's going to run the ball into the corner because he's played so many games. He's going to have learnt that over yeah. the years. So I think that that's invaluable, that experience, especially in a promotion hunting side. Yeah, they're not. Some people think, you know, he's a 33, 34-year-old. They can't run. They can't, you know, score goals. Sometimes you might just want, say, you've got a midfield player just sitting in front of the back four, you know, keeping things tight, things easy, simple passes, not doing, say, backwards passes, doing stupid things. Just knowing, knowing the league and knowing how to play the game, seeing it out, making the, the short passes, the, the making the simple decisions. And, you know, to be fair in the EFL, a lot of the time, the difference between the, the best team and the worst team, generally, it's not that great. It's not like the Premier League. The Generally, the gap, you know, 95% of the time is not that huge. Just having, you know, the experienced man who just knows yeah. what to do with the ball. Just to Look at Paul Morrison when he went to Portsmouth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was an Teddy old man. Teddy Sheringham, really. do you know what yeah. I mean? Stuff like that. He, Teddy, Teddy Sheringham was playing till he was 40. Yeah. So David James, the same, another experienced man. I mean, one of the best players I've ever seen at Fratton Park between the sticks, David James. Even if we bring it back to, to Wigan, one of our local teams in Greater Manchester, Gary Roberts, he's going to be 35 next month in March. 
He's going to be 35. He's still starting games for Wigan. Yeah, I can't believe he's still playing me. <laughs> he's got a hell of a left foot on him, though, yeah. Robbo. Fair play to him. OK, then, time to uh, to steer away from transfers, but not just yet, because uh, it's time to play a little game. You got the better of Ian last week, Aaron. Are you hoping for a, for a 2-0? Uh, we're going for a 2-0 win this week. He's brought his tram money this week, so we don't have to walk home. I've already used this once uh, in the podcast, but I'm going to do it again because I felt that this is a more appropriate time to use it. Hey, there we go. Right, this is a game because it's transfer deadline week, of course. I want to talk to you about some transfers that nearly happened that didn't happen. And all I'm asking you to do is fill in the blanks. How about that? Okay, so I'm going to give you three transfer stories that didn't happen, but nearly happened. And you have to fill in the blanks for me, okay? Blackburn Rovers, they rejected this former World Cup winner. Who is it? Sure, it's Lewandowski. Wait, what? What? Sorry, what? I can't say his second name. Love, Robert Lewandowski. Yeah. He's, he's never, never won, won the World, World Cup. Cup. Has he not? He's, oh, hang on. He's never won. He's faltering sure already. Uh, Let me have a tink. I got, I got so excited then. Robert I did, Lewandowski. I, I heard Blackburn and I thought... Black, stick to your AFL. <laughs> <laughs> so Blackburn Rovers turned down... Am I allowed to know the year? Uh, it, was, it, was in, it was in the 90s, yeah. So Tim Sherwood was playing for Blackburn Rovers. It was that sort of era. Tim Flowers in goal. Alan Shearer up front. They were winning the Premier League at the time. They were a decent side. Blackburn Rovers rejected this World Cup winner and he ended his career in legendary Uh, fashion. Let's just say that. You better not be cheating. Better not be cheating. No, no cheating. I can't see your computer screens over there, so you better not Uh, be cheating. He's on his phone. Let me have a think. Not we can't. Got, we can't have it too not long. Not got enough time. Otherwise, it's going to be a nil-nil. So he said Lewandowski. At least he's had a guess. I might have to I give him a point. I, I heard Blackburn, and I thought he's had a Lewandowski. guess. No idea. No pass. 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 There we go. Yeah, <laughs> They're trading blows. Good, so it's good. nil-nil. So it's a nil-nil stay, mate. The player was Zinedine Zidane. No way. Yeah, was rejected by Blackburn. He was playing for Bordeaux at the time, also linked with Newcastle. And Blackburn said, no, we're not interested because we got Tim Sherwood, boys. So there we go. That's still nil-nil. Okay, Diego Maradona, 17 years old, was for £200,000 going to move to which football league club? Football Uh, league, not Premier League. Football football league. league. I'll give you a clue. They're not in Greater Manchester. My, My initial reaction is... Notts County. Notts County. Notts Forest. Notts Forest, okay. Honestly, if you've got that one there, I'm going to be fuming. Trading blows again, but it's still no one's gone down. The correct answer was Sheffield United. Was it? Sheffield United is the answer. Maradona. Okay, so this one, maybe I should have done this one first because this is the easiest one. So it might just be first on the buzzer sort of thing. Here we go. Which two Argentinian players moved to West Ham... Before playing for Manchester United uh, and Barcelona, Tevez and Mascherano. Oh, I think it was second name. <laughs> <laughs> that was so close, but there we go, and it's all over. Aaron wins by one point to zero. That was dreadful, you guys. I thought there's a damn one. I thought I made that quite easy. French World Cup winner ends his career in legendary fashion. You know the headbutt on Materazzi. All he heard was Blackburn rejected, and I was like. There was some with um, David Beckham and Ronaldinho, wasn't there, a few years ago with the Venkis? I'm not. I think these are all deals that did or very nearly. Oh, the Venkis wanted Ronaldinho, something like that. Something stupid like that. Apparently, he's bankrupt now, Ronaldinho. Not sure what the truth is in that. We were having a chat in the football social office earlier today. If you could pick one player 
to play for your team from history. So they can't be playing now. So you can't have Messi, Neymar, Ronaldo, etc. What player would you pick if you had an unlimited checkbook? Oh. You could bring one player back, whether they've passed on or whether they're just retired at the moment. Who would you pick? To, to I was club? in love with the original Ronaldo. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Love him. Me and me and Jim, who does our Monday Night Football Social, which you can listen to uh, wherever you get your podcast, by the way. We said R9, original oh, Ronaldo. Yeah. He's the first footballer I probably looked up to and just idolised. I just wanted to be him. But he was just better than everyone by miles. It was just amazing that, to watch. That period in the late 90s, early 2000s, he was the best player on the planet, just by yeah. miles as well. He was awesome. You know, to play for Real Madrid and Barcelona, to play for Inter Milan and AC Milan, to play for Brazil, win a World Cup. The fact that there's this conspiracy theory around the 98 World Cup that they had to drug him or give him food poisoning to make sure he didn't play the final. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that is brilliant. I've got one, Thierry Go on, Henry. Really? Got a Thierry Henry, you, Thierry Henry, I like Thierry Henry, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd have had Thierry Henry. The goals he scored at Arsenal during Invincibles and all that time. Just mustard. Bit of Thierry Henry. Okay, this is the Manchester Football Social, the EFL and Below Show. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to download the podcast wherever you find your podcast. And also, if you do happen to also follow Manchester United or Manchester City, we've got dedicated podcast feeds for each of those football clubs. You can listen to them live on Excess Manchester 106.1 FM on a Tuesday evening for Manchester City or on a Thursday evening for Manchester United. And you can also find them wherever you find your podcasts. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, then we were talking on the last podcast extensively about Paul Scholes possibly going into Oldham. So that's moved no further 
in the seven days since we last recorded the podcast here on the EFL and Below show. We like to try and keep things up to date and we still are. We thought Scolzi, it was a matter of time before he's gone in there. Now, Aaron, they're talking about there being a meeting the second week in February or something like that between him and his representatives and Oldham Athletic. There's the Salford thing. There's now this thing with BT Sport. It's just all a bit of a mess, isn't it? It's a mess. It says a lot about Oldham, the position they're in. You're thinking they'd know this stuff. Skulls, we don't we don't know the situation, so obviously we're all speculating. Has he been cooperating well? Uh, but Oldham, the board, going in for Paul Skulls, they should have known the script about what they'd need, the situation with Salford. We all knew that being an obvious one. The BT one's obviously just come up today, yesterday, just having a look for it. And, I mean, first of all, he does BT Sport, mainly does United on BT Sport. What impact would that have on Oldham? I don't quite see what what the problem would be there other than to sign a couple of paper, a bit of paperwork. Why is why is this even a problem? We know alright, he's got to end his contract, but why why has he got to end his contract? I don't think Oldham are gonna be playing United anytime soon. I, I think maybe it's got something to do with the fact that most games are on Saturdays and maybe that's when his BT sport contract is to do the, to do the Saturday night games yeah, or to do the Sunday night games. I think that's the only thing I can think of and obviously if the BT Sport cameras yeah, are at, let's say, enough, let's enough. say Chelsea, and he needs to be in, in you know, wherever Oldham for a for a home game, it's not going to be possible, is it? But the no. fact that it's been dragging on so long, Ian. I mean, it's another week, and Oldham still don't have a manager. Why did they sack Frankie Bunn without someone in mind who could come in immediately and do the job? I know, I know, plenty of fans from talking to him are just saying that it's like it's getting embarrassing. Sort of this season is just getting embarrassing now, and this is just another. Another like typical Oldham, as as you might say. Obviously, it's there's just no planning state. Like, there's nothing like right. You sack your manager. Most clubs, no, I, I say United for instance, knew what they were going to do. Bring in the caretaker manager, go down that line. Most clubs have a little bit of a plan, but it seems again it's a little bit of let's get him out. We'll chuck somebody in, and we'll just see what happens. And everybody's like, right, it's going to get announced. It's going to get announced. And that, again, there's nothing been announced whatsoever. And now you're running into middle of February, probably by the time he's taken over. Could be the end of Feb. You've got what two months of the season left, and it's it's just it's getting pointless. You might as well just leave Pete Wilding. Are they damaging their own playoff aspirations by leaving it so long? Yeah, for I think me their as a supporter, I'd be tearing my hair out thinking. Get someone in because the longer this goes on, the less chance we've got of playoffs. And they were slim as it was. Yeah. So what's going on there? They're damaging their own chances of promotion. Yeah, well, they're just stagnating at the moment, aren't they? You know, situations, what's going on? This is how I look at it. They went down, didn't they, Oldham, with uh, Berry, obviously, uh, Northampton and uh, MK Dons. Look at where Berry are. Look where MK Dons are. Look where, say, Oldham are. Why haven't Oldham done what Berry have done? And it comes back to the owners their uh, their plan for the future what what aspirations do they want and not obviously bringing in schools there should have been a plan as in we're going to do this we're going to do this we're going to do x y and z to bring him in and work out what the solution to obviously which is a huge problem but they're losing time rapidly all you know at the moment one minute he's coming in for more come at home on saturday then he's going to be a couple of weeks ago if you were Last week, you'd be thinking, I thought there's a chance he'd have been again for Doncaster. Yeah. Then, like, the BT Sport issue comes up, and who's to say another problem isn't going to come up in the next few days? In, and for Skulls, he knows that should he struggle towards the end of the season, we know what Oldham's record's like with managers firing yeah. and hiring. Mm. You know, 
Who's to say he's not going to say, I'm going to walk away from it? And then where do they go after that? Yeah, of course. I mean, I've not heard any other names mentioned no. of who to go. I mean, Skulls no, could say... No, it's Skulls or Bust, isn't it, really? I mean, I mean it's too much for Skulls. It's so much of a risk into him going in and... We know what Oldham's record he is. He must really want the job, though, for it all to get in the way, like the Salford, the BT Sport. He's still going to sit down and meet with them. Some managers would have just been like, no, it's just not happening. Yeah. So no. He must really want it. it. It Obviously. I think, obviously, he's gone for it before, and it, whatever it was, he, he weren't ready, or, or whatever it were. It seems to be Scholes is the man that they want, but they've got 16, 17 games left of the season. They're eight points off playoffs. Like I say, if he's not going to come in for another two, three weeks... I think playoffs is done. I think Oldham just scrapped this year. I think we've already said that. That's what I said so, last I mean, week. Just they're, they're three wins. They're three scrap wins. It and get roughly. this managerial stuff sorted out and build for next season. We know basically. how volatile League Two can be, right? We know how quickly things can change. They're currently in the bottom half of the table, but they're roughly three wins from the playoffs. But it's hard to see where those three wins are going to come from without other teams not slipping up and stuff like that. I mean, it is so tight in there, but at the same time, I mean, you'd rather get the manager in sooner rather than later. There's, what, 15, 16 games to go of the season. Before you know it, it's going to be the end of March, then April, then the season will be over. Yeah, you just want probably Skulls to come in with this squad when he does come in, should he come in, say, right, you're my guys to the end of the season. If you put the effort in, you show me dedication, performances improve, we get up the table. If they get within, say, three, four points of the playoffs, you've got to say the end of the season was successful. Yeah. They put the effort and the dedication, they give it 100%. You're going to be my men for next season. If you're not going to bother, you're not going to put the effort in and I don't see much improvement, I'm going to get some new players in. So when Skull's coming, he's probably got a good hand to show to the players as in, if you want to be with me for the promotion push next season when we're going to try and get back into League One, which has been our level, then you need to work with me. You're going to be my guys. But if they're not going to, if they don't show the, you know, the sales and they don't... Yeah. Uh, putting the performances, they're going to be looking for a club next season. So Skull's going in, obviously, if he can get confirmation from the owners that he's going to be the man for job next season, then um, then that's all right. And he can sort of control the players in the sense that I want you playing because I want, I want you playing well because I want to work with you next season. And if you're not going to work with me, then you're looking for a new club and I'll just get more players in. So Skull's, I personally think when he goes in, the reason I think he's stuck with the job is knowing that he's um, he's got a good hand to show. They Just, should have brought him in earlier, though. Yeah, sure. In transfer window. They've signed players this season. How many of these now, players has he validated or waved yeah, his hand to? Well, we don't Probably know. Not. And th- this is the thing as well, and I'm wary of touching on this for too long because we did speak about it at length on the last podcast, which you can listen to, of course, wherever you find your podcasts. When does an interim manager no longer become interim? Because Pete Wilde, is, it, it, this is the thing, this is how it works with the bookies. If a manager's been there for 10 games or more, they therefore are considered by the bookies a permanent manager. So those people that would have had money on a new older manager, maybe 10 quid, 100 quid, whatever it may be, doesn't matter how much the amount is. The fact that Pete Wilde would have been in there for 10 games or more, that's not an interim manager. An interim manager's three or four games, maybe five tops. 10 games. No wonder he's considered the permanent manager. That's nearly a quarter (laughs) of the season. No, and they've only got 16, 17 games left at season, so you, you just leave him in. You might as well keep him in. Skulls so, can just keep an eye on yeah. things. I mean, the magic's obviously rubbed off because they've uh, started to stagnate and struggle. And that, the minute your interim manager sort of pick while they loses that magic and they start losing, and the, the nostalgia goes away. What there was when they were playing Fulham, you just kind of a bit of a well, they're you're not stuck in, in a three. rut, haven't you? They've yeah. lost the last two matches, yeah. and the, the, they are bang on mid-table. 
I think they're exactly the same points from playoffs that they are relegation. Mm. So you're almost just better writing it off. Yeah, aren't you? just no done. Offense. But you say with, with Pete Wilde, keep him in, and then just actually sort the post goal situation out instead of like, behind closed doors. Stop playing it out in public. Yeah, absolutely. This is the EFL and Below show from the Manchester Football Social in association with the Football Man Cave. Niall McCorn here. I've got Ian and Aaron with me as well. We've been talking about Paul Scholes going into Oldham. We've been talking about deadline day. But from one managerless club to a club where their manager's doing really well as Ian stretches himself out. Look at him. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had anything. to laugh then. I'll keep me laughing. That was just too funny. <laughs> he disappeared under the desk for a while. I wonder what he was getting yeah. up to. But um, yeah, yeah. what about one manager in Stockport's Jim Gannon? It's his third spell there. He is doing a phenomenal job at the club, flying high towards the top end of the National League North. And they're doing really, really well. It's a matter of keeping that up, isn't it? You just yeah. think it's going to end at some point. They're undefeated still. It's about how they respond to that if they do lose, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this this run's come out of absolutely nowhere. Um, I think I said before, they were kind of mid-table-ish. They were, they were sort of teetering at a couple of decent wins, a couple of losses. And then all of a sudden, they've gone on this nine-game unbeaten run. Um, I think they're into the... Is it the fourth round of the FA Trophy? They're, they're, they're playing well. The defence is solid. Um, I think if Charlie weren't as good as they have been this season, I think the, the gap will be a little bit closer. So... Stockport are doing well, and I think if they keep it up, then they've they've got to go up. But it's it's that league, and that league can turn on a on a sixpence. As yeah, say. yeah, they've won uh, five in a row, and of course, as uh, as he says, well, I think it might be more than that as well. But I can only see the last five games here. But they keep winning, they keep winning back to back, and they're doing a good job. Uh, and they're also attracting fans, Ian, from all over the world. Yes. You've been down to to Stockport over the last couple of days or so. You've been down there to Edgeley Park, and. Uh, attracting supporters from the Far East, mate. You've been meeting some Chinese and Japanese Stockport fans. Well, it it was a weird one. I'm in the Stockport Facebook group and I was seeing this guy. um, He said, I'm I'm holding a a Stockport County dinner um, in Tokyo on the 27th of February. Um, If anybody's about, basically, you ought to come down. So I was like, this has got to be a wind-up, like a Japanese Stockport fan. Checked him all out. He was kosher. So I did a little bit of an interview with him. Um, Wrote it up, his English weren't, weren't the best, obviously. And then he's, he's starting off at FIFA 11, a career mode with Stockport. Googled him, absolutely fell in love with him, and that's it. That's what football's all about, it's isn't mental. it? It's mental. It's great mental to hear, stuff. Great yeah. to hear that he's actually willing to come over as well and experience it for himself. Yeah. And now he's a bona fide Stockport fan. Sounds absolutely brilliant to me. As you say, because we're just running out of time a little bit, as you say, they're going good guns in the FA Trophy, but so are a lot of our teams in Greater Manchester. Yeah. Ramsbottom doing really well as well. So um, how's that looking, Aaron? You're the sort of resident Rammy guy as well as your Berry stuff. You like a bit of Ramsbottom. So um, how the, how are the club feeling about that? Uh, obviously, they're absolutely ecstatic to be where they are. They've never got so far in the FA Trophy before, and it's such a big thing. The finance coming in, they had that great win on the back of Weymouth. The coverage, the outside coverage, They've had from the club has been fantastic, you know, publicising the club to a greater extent to what there usually is, which is just, you know, quite a bit in the local paper, obviously thanks to them for, for promoting the clubs. But just uh, for, for Ramsbottom playing filed, they're also going very well and just putting the club on the map, really, getting uh, people attracted, people involved. They're playing this Saturday. Um, obviously, hopefully, uh, the game will beat the weather. It hasn't been great up here recently. It'd be obviously sod's law if it was cancelled, but whenever they do play, I think the feeling will be fantastic. Will be hopefully we'll get good numbers 
in the ground uh, going down watching it and you know who knows you know with football knockout competition don't matter what league you're in you could be Ramsbottom United you could be Manchester United but in a in a one-off game the fact that anything can happen and that's the beauty of uh, cup football and that's what Rami have been uh, been living off do you think that Rami can take confidence over the fact that Fylde only just scraped through against Biggleswade 1-0 in the last round of, of the competition uh, scoring just before half time but going to these smaller clubs going to these teams uh, in the lower divisions it might be a little bit more difficult for Fylde taking on a team like Rami than perhaps they're expecting yeah because you know the, the banana skins aren't they for the bigger teams you think you're going to turn up and have a good afternoon but sometimes you can underestimate the fight the lower league teams put in yeah. they really they really go for it to the point file may be looking for promotion Ramsbottom over there also looking for a bit of a looking to go up this season or at least have a playoff push but obviously Filed, they might have been in last season. I couldn't quite tell you, to be perfectly honest. But they've been... Obviously, this is common for them to be going this far. They expect that. This isn't expected by Rami. And obviously, Filed are complacent on the day. And Rami can just capitalise on what's on uh, Filed's mistakes. Then you just never know. Personally, they played Weymouth in the last round. They went to Weymouth for the replay. Beat them 3-1. And do, do, will Filed have to have an off day? And Ramsbottom players have to put in 9, 10 out of 10 out of 10. 10 performances course they will they're going to have to have a stormer but you just you just never know do you when it's a home game get a good atmosphere make life difficult and uh, just show them that they're in a cup time that they've uh, they've got a big game to play and don't make it easy for them we're obviously watching in the cup we saw football league teams Millwall AFC Wimbledon Barnet doing really well in the cup just showing you know the bigger teams you know making life difficult from set pieces and showing them that um if they're going to win, they're going to have to roll the sleeves up and it won't be a stroll in the park. Certainly won't. Well, I'll tell you what is a stroll in the park every week is doing this podcast with you, lads. Thanks very much. Hopefully, Ian, you uh, you feel a little bit more like yourself. I'm going to uh, get some stronger drugs I tell and you, uh, um, sort myself out. I'll tell you what, Aaron, <laughs> y- you know when he goes to Benidorm, he's going to be absolutely fine. There's going to be no sciatica He's going to be able to sort this be, all out, I'll tell you now. He's going to be dead on a sun lounger <laughs> with a cocktail, <laughs> was, not bothered He wasn't well yesterday and I said... Uh, you're going to be alright for Benidorm you sure you're going to be going it's like yeah, I'll be fine for Benidorm he'll be flying he'll be flying the plane and telling us he's injured he's the pilot I'm Ian. resting now just so I'm right the for Ryan Benidorm the pilot <laughs> Ian Aaron thanks very much for joining us on the EFL and Below show here from the Manchester Football Social in association with the Football Man Cave remember if you do happen to have a shining towards Manchester City or Manchester United you can find dedicated podcast feeds for both of those clubs just search Manchester Football Social wherever you find your podcasts and for this the EFL and Below show go on leave us a review maybe click five stars as well it mean a lot to us and hopefully hit that subscribe button and the next podcast will land right in your inbox but thanks for listening we'll see you again soon Manchester Football Social subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.